welcome to JCAR Pod. I'm Jana, and this week I'm really excited to have a guest on that I've been chatting with for a couple months now, and they're a listener, which is so fucking cool and cute. And she reached out to me and she was like, Would you ever be able to like, would you ever be interested in having a conversation on the podcast about this subject? And I love the podcast, let's chat. And I'm like, please. And so uh we're gonna be talking about something, you know. Okay, so listen, y'all, the bachelor franchise is not great about representation, not great about inclusivity, about literally anything. <laughs> Absolutely, we know this. Um, but I do feel like that there is a part of their lacking that isn't talked about quite as often. It is, of course, talked about, but we, I feel like we should bring a little more attention to it and talk about it. So I'm really excited to talk about the disability community and regards to The Bachelor and how The Bachelor has failed and at the times maybe it's done great things you know for representation and to join me for this conversation is my friend becca cloud welcome hello hi i'm so (laughs) excited thank you for that beautiful introduction i am i'm a fan i'm a fan i yeah i've been listening to the pod and i just love you and danica and really have been all about the roses for everybody campaign and I unashamedly slid into your DMs and I was like, Mm -hmm. hey girl, we have enough in common. Let's (laughs) chat. And I couldn't believe you said yes. So yeah, it's an honor. <laughs> yeah, I guess a uh, note to future people who want to slide to the DMs. Yeah, you know, I'm open to it. You know, <laughs> let's talk about something fun and good and important. And I think this is an important conversation that we're going to get into. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's something that I love to watch. It's something that I love to pick apart. It's something mm-hmm. that I love to hate and hate mm-hmm. to love. And mm-hmm. To find someone else that equally loves to do it, like, come on, <laughs> let's chat, let's do it. So yeah, let's get to know you a little bit more. I usually do talk about like kind of what got you into The Bachelor and what's your favorite season, things like that. And then we'll also get to know you a little bit more as a person. So yeah, when did you start watching the show? I mean, high school maybe, like early mm-hmm. 2000s, early classic bachelor yeah. living at home with my parents and we'd watch it I got out of it a little bit in college and then back into it in like grad school ish I mm-hmm. <laughs> moved back in with my parents for a little bit of time yeah. and like yeah, got back yeah. into it yeah it's just been something that I look forward to I love reality tv yeah. I've been a reality tv junkie for like since real world yes um, <laughs> and favorite season I don't know Hannah Brown yeah yeah no it's a good season it's a good season I I I also just kind of have a soft spot for her in general and I know she Mm -hmm. you know a little problematic yeah yeah but then the Tyler Cameron and the in the hole I had sex four times in a windmill and yeah it gave us Mike Johnson it gave us fucking for better or for worse it gave us Pilot Pete and his four times in a windmill I mean yeah it is a uh, that was a good season as far as like is very compelling and I definitely think it was um I mean I was very invested you know and that's what I was invested. Oh, goodness. Where did it go wrong? Oh, yeah. Elon Gale left. But the thing is, like, Elon Gale also created so much toxicity, too. So it's just, like, such a bitter, sweet like, <laughs> dynamic, right? 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> when you go back and like watch some of the early stuff and there needs to be change, obviously, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, and so I was gonna ask you, but then we'll get kind of into a little bit of who you are, but I was gonna ask, like, how old are you? Because when you mentioned, you know, real world and being a reality TV junkie, I was like, Oh, I wonder what age you are. <laughs> I know. I because I'm kind of like short in stature and like blind yeah. and pigtails and stuff, I it's hard, it's very deceiving, but I'm 33. I'm a millennial. Yes, um... absolutely. I felt that. I felt that from you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm um, actually, you know, born 1989, just like Taylor Swift, you know, oh. no brag or anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 33. I live in Florida. I'm a speech therapist. I work at a trauma hospital doing rehabilitation type work for people that have had strokes or brain injuries. So mm-hmm. kind of grew up in my schooling um, is definitely more in the medical field. Yeah. But then I also have a lot of kind of woo woo interests. Um, I also work at a metaphysical store working with like crystals and psychics. I do a lot of their yeah. website, their emails and scheduling and yeah. kind of back of the shop kind of work. And I really yeah. love my family there. They bring me a lot of like joy and fulfillment. I love that. And then I also kind of have stumbled upon a little bit of my own content. If you can't see me, I'm doing air quotes, (laughs) like content creation. (laughs) I hate that it sounds, you know, so cliche to say now. But I, it, bring, it. It, <laughs> it brings me a lot of joy. I love TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. It just kind of strips away a lot of the literal filters of Instagram mm-hmm. and gives this like America's Home Video kind of vibe mm-hmm. of just like this realness snapshot yeah. of people's lives. I love it. And I do some disability advocacy and kind of the discussion we'll get into about disability representation and what a lot of people's reaction visceral reaction to of when they see someone with a disability on their screen and Mm -hmm. it's wild dancing doing yoga you know living their life I'm a yoga instructor I'm an aerialist I do aerial silks aerial lira incredible i like uh yeah you guys have to check out becca's content we'll, we'll be linking all of it of course yes i love this that's so cool i'm like i'm so excited to see learn more about you too i didn't realize you were like doing um some teaching with it but that would make sense that you seem very uh gentle and like encouraging oh, <laughs> have that teacher element to you so i love that <laughs> yeah yeah i know you work with kids so yes exactly i feel like that's yeah the kindred soul <laughs> on that level yeah. Yeah. i love this um and yes for everyone wondering you did give me your astrology signs so becca is a taurus sun cancer moon libra rising do you feel like you uh embody this the more I learned, the more I've definitely accepted that for a while. Like, I'm not a Taurus. I'm not stubborn. I was like, well, maybe thinking that is <laughs> the fact is, is, <laughs> is the issue. <laughs> yeah. and, and then like the Cancer Moon, like, yeah, I I can cry. I'm a I'm a crier, mm-hmm. and you know the Libra. I have a mother I mothering side to me, and mm-hmm. a lot of kind of logical logistical thinking so the more I learn about it the more it is 
yeah, that's who I am. It's okay. I love that. It was so funny. Becca and I were talking about like writing out uh, a document for this podcast episode and she was like, oh, I'll send you something. I'm like, oh yeah, if you have time or whatever. I like look at it. And, oh no, sorry. The funny part was that she DM'd me and she was like, oh, Jen, I'm so sorry. I haven't sent you like a fully fledged out like schedule because I know you're a Virgo and I know you're probably mad at me for not <laughs> having already done it and I died but you have a Virgo mother so you understood the importance of this but it's okay if people disappoint me <laughs> <laughs> no I highly respect the Virgos in my life and mm-hmm. I was listening to your recap um with all of the astrology and they, he, you mentioned that you were a Virgo. And I was like, I haven't gotten her outline to her yet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad oh, thing. Yeah, it is until you push everybody from your life. But <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. Um, Yeah. And I'm just really excited to talk to you more about things later on. When we chatted on the phone before a couple months ago, you are quite the open book. You're willing to talk about all sorts of things. I guess as a, as a content warning for later in the episode, we'll be talking about um, lots of different things, uh, disabilities, mental illness, addiction, potential eating disorders. Um, I'll try to timestamp it for that part of the conversation, but I hope you stick around and listen to it because it's going to be really important. So thank you for being here for that. So, okay, let's talk about some trending gossip, y'all. I mean, this week, what can we really talk about other than the Grammys? Did you watch all 20 hours? No. No, no, of course. You're you're millennial. We can't do that. No, no, I have to go to bed. I'm sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I watched as much as I could, and then I did have to go to Betty Bye. But and then I wa- I of course like watched the clips and and everything the mm-hmm. next day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just love Lizzo. I just can't. I my heart just gushes for her in every way, and to see her succeed and just belt her heart out and oh, oh, I was that I performance was, that she did was so good it was like i mean i have chills right now just remembering watching it (laughs) she has such a good voice and you know in her acceptance speech for winning record of the year she she talked about this in her documentary that came out a couple months ago i watched that if you haven't i highly Mm -hmm. recommend it she talks about a lot of things of course but one of the things i think was really beautiful is like she really wants to put positive uplifting music out there because that is what she feels and that's what she wants to do and has helped her in times where she has not felt good and for her to say that in her speech again it was just really really uh, it's it's something we really need and I can see why she gets so much pushback for Mm -hmm. not only who she is as a fat black woman but also like for putting positivity out there in a time where people don't I mean you it's almost I feel like I'm I sound strange saying it but Mm -hmm. like people don't necessarily want that right no they do but they don't no i think she has a point in what Mm -hmm. she's saying and and you do as well that it's like this unabashed joy that Mm -hmm. she like refuses to let people dim Mm -hmm. and you're right like she does have sad songs, but there still is this sense of strength and joy behind them. 
Mm-hmm. And I do think that that doesn't always sell. Mm-mm. Yeah. And she's proving them wrong. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it really is. It's so true. And she hard launched her boo. Yes. <laughs> and he's so handsome. So handsome. I watched the documentary too. So that was exciting to see them like on the carpet. Yeah, it really was. So cute. <laughs> so cute. So I guess like the other thing I wanted to kind of briefly touch on is the fact that, you know, so obviously Harry Styles won album of the year. And people are just, there's a, a, a whole range of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not landing on either side of anything, but I do think that it is so painful to watch uh, Beyonce just being like, just passed over every single like time that her album is up for album. It's really, yeah. truly a problem. It's just, it was wild. I mean, the whole thing was so uncomfortable. Um, because of, I mean, all the factors. I don't even, oh, God. Because, like, I, 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 yeah, sure. I mean, I think she should have won, right? But then you hear people screaming, you know, while Harry's up there. And, like, that doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, And then you have him saying, this doesn't happen to people like me. And that doesn't feel good to hear. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I didn't know what it meant, though. Yeah, exa- and exactly, right? So... According like to the internet. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> you mean bottoms? Yeah, I, I guess not. <laughs> um, no, okay. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, I think, you know, so the, the internet's talking about if you, if you check in with a fan of Harry, mm-hmm. he is supposedly talking about the fact that he comes from a like lower middle class small town okay um and he's now this who he is right 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 right, right. Uh, I, I don't want to take little... I don't want to take that away but it was just exactly a little... but I, it's exactly and I'm like <laughs> I still find that a little weird because I'm like you but you aren't that person like you were in 1D and then now you've had this career for like five years like what are you I'm so confused uh, yeah um there's of course some references to potentially he is flagging his queerness uh, and that he is maybe talking about like it doesn't happen to like men like him who are queer, but at okay. the same time, that's also not really true. Queer white men have still gotten accolades in spades. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ultimately, I'll just end my opinion with I saw a tweet, I'll try to post it online. But the tweet said it said something along the lines of everyone's getting awfully close to um, the point where they're saying queerness trumps your whiteness i thought that was really good basically being like uh the conversation around using your if you're a white queer if you're Mm -hmm. a white uh cis queer that you think your queerness gives you you know like you're not as privileged anymore right okay um just because of that one thing and how we Mm. need to not go down that path (laughs) this is getting complicated (laughs) exactly and it's not that you can't like have nuance for sure for queer identities yes uh, but like you know let's not tech like our minorities like labels shouldn't be like fighting each other yes like that's not (laughs) like no yeah yeah (laughs) that's not the point i don't have as many thoughts so i'm glad that you were able to fill in 
a little for me. I actually was listening to Rachel Lindsay's podcast this morning um, with Van Lathan and they were commenting on it. And I, what I did like that she said was like all of this, like, oh, she should have won this. She should have won album of the year. She mm. should have won album of the year. This is, you know, she has never won album of the year. I'm like, but also she is now officially the most winningest Grammy winner of all time. Can we talk about that? Let's talk yeah. about, let's not talk about the award that she didn't get. Let's talk about the cool things. Let's talk about things. like the incredible, yeah, like a you know achievement that she just, yeah, accomplished. Yeah, I really love that. You're right. I think that's a really good thing to remember in this conversation. Yeah, and that was and so I'm you know thank you Rachel Lindsay. <laughs> Don't that was that was a reminder from her. <laughs> yeah, thank you Rachel. Yeah, we love you. Yeah. So then let's just I guess touch on. Taylor Swift for a second. Holy crap, y'all. <laughs> this gay bitch. She walked away with just like one tiny little, uh, like, I guess, video of the year award. But uh, we all knew Red was not going to get no. much, um, unfortunately. But she decided to drink her sorrows away, as anyone's right to do, and have a party. And <laughs> man, the the... <laughs> The lesbian mafia was there. See, I hadn't really seen all of like the after party content until you you kind of started posting some of it. Mm-hmm. But even like during the show, like you could tell, like oh Taylor's like turning up. Yeah, yeah, she was having a good time. Absolutely, <laughs> it was cute. And then she like got drunk enough to go say hi to Harry, and like that was the moment that everyone wanted pictures of. It's like okay. I did, as awkward as it was as a viewer, I loved the little table settings Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they had to like forcefully mingle. Mm -hmm. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I bet that's (laughs) intentional. Mm. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, when we were talking earlier, we both found out that we are two of the chosen ones. Yeah, we're going to see Taylor Swift live, y'all. We both I'm got tickets. So, <laughs> so happy we, for you, Becca. I'm happy for you. Thank you. We fought the Great War. <laughs> <laughs> we're never going back to that blood shed. Oh the war is over. Um, but also setting out thoughts and prayers to the beehive as they are attempting to now get tickets so like i mean like come on like let's let's figure this out it's so illegal with what's happening on Ticketmaster. we don't have time but i am so excited that you're going uh you're going to a florida show right and i mean uh, is this your first taylor show this will be my first taylor show wow that's exciting i'm i'm like gonna be in the top bleacher, second to the last row, hanging out with the birds, and I'm gonna. There you go. Can I curse? Yes. Okay, I, I'm gonna fucking have the time of my life. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Are you already planning your outfit? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I found it not on purpose, but I was down in Palm Beach Gardens and I found this little boutique, found a cute little cowgirl moment dress. Yeah. Thinking kind of like early Taylor cowboy boots. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? Um, I think I'm leaning towards 
gay sheriff from you need to calm down music video oh, yes. taylor i think i might i think i might uh i still have to work on it mm-hmm. but i'm i'm leaning for that maybe or even just the beginning of the video where she's in that robe um i want it's gonna be pretty hot here when i'm going and i just can't quite figure out what to do with my big old thighs <laughs> that's my biggest it's gonna be worry. a long night yeah, absolutely. I'm actually terrified. I don't want to go anymore, to be honest. No, but I've had I've had a lot of like panic attacks of going like, oh god, that's gonna be like ten hours of my life. Wait, why ten? Well, just like I feel like the day of just like getting there and like oh, getting to the you venue. You just scared me so bad. <laughs> I just almost had a panic attack right now. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> Listen in as two millennials uh, talk about <laughs> ten hours away from my bed. Like what? Like, yeah, ever. Oh my god, it's so good. I love it so much. Um, so Bachelor gossip this week is actually pretty dry. Uh, because mm. the show's been kind of kicking up into gear, so we're just really focused on the episodes that are coming out. But I wanted to big a big uh give a big congrats to Claire Crawley for getting married this mm. week. Yes, she just got married to her guy that she has been dating for just like. Uh, less than a year, I suppose. But he seems nice. Don't know actually anything about him. Let's just be honest. (laughs) (laughs) But they do look really happy. Her wedding photos look gorgeous. They really do. And I am really excited. His name is Ryan. And uh, Ryan Dawkins. And they look really sweet together. She seems very happy. Um, they got married in Sacramento where I think they both live and today she did an Instagram AMA and revealed, um, maybe for the first time, but I haven't been paying enough attention that he is a father. So she is now a stepmom and she's really excited about that. And I think that's just really lovely. So congrats to Claire on that. Uh, the other thing I would want to mention is that our worst nightmare has happened. Victoria Fascist has gotten a podcast. Um, don't know why. Um, don't know why. I mean, I get why. Exactly. Like, what is she going to say? Oh, no. I'm not even going to type that into my phone. I know, I was going to say, I thought she blocked me. So it's called, uh, she didn't though, everyone on the edge of their seats. It's called Uncensored Uncensored Saints with Victoria Fuller. Oh boy. I think Mm. she's going to be bringing in the fact that she's a born again virgin into this. And that seems Mm. uh, problematic. Yeah, she literally gives no details on like what it's going to be about. Which is funny mm. to me. And I think that I have to blame Nick Fial for this. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. oh, yes, yes, yes. Unfortunately, yeah. I think you're right. <sighs> That's, I, won't, I won't find out how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking good. That's, that's the best we could ever give her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wish her well, but I won't find out. Um, following up to Chris Harrison's podcast, his ratings have been dipping, so um, I guess there is a god, so that's good. Thank you all for uh, stop listening to that podcast. So, uh, let's get into episode three of The Bachelor. I guess before we start real quick, what are your, like, brief thoughts on Zach this season? Are you, like, are did you kind of start off probably like most of us being like, 
God, fuck. <laughs> but now you're kind of like, huh. Yeah, that's a good depiction for sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, coming in, I was like quite hesitant in the whole like how fantasy sweet happened with Rachel and like low key, like, is it a politics, like who you voted mm-hmm. for thing? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, it, it was that. <laughs> red flag red flag mm-hmm. um but yes I will say he's growing on me I love how much he says fuck I just think that's a really good quality in a person and I just automatically trust them a little bit more especially mm-hmm. if they're like mic'd up on tv and he's still just like as saying it as frequently as he is I it really endears me yeah totally yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Yeah, I will say I am loving when he's on one-on-one dates. I feel like we see a completely different Zach when he is just talking to one person and not just one person. I mean, sometimes I see it in glimpse during group dates too when he's like doing little one-on-ones. But Mm -hmm. when he is on these one-on-one dates, I'm like, oh my God, this I could have a date with this man probably. He seems (laughs) like he's really engaged i'm not gonna say he's like perfect or anything but like yeah i'm like i am i'm feeling it and he Mm -hmm. he looks so much more relaxed there's this face he does when he's like in front of everyone else or when he's like the bachelor tm like when he's put on his little bachelor hat where he's just like you know kind of squinches his face up and is very (laughs) like kind of moves his head in a really like robotic like back and forth like his whole torso i don't know it's and it doesn't seem, I mean, it doesn't seem, like, mean or horrible, but it's not really real. Mm-hmm. And when he's on these one-on-ones, I get it. And now or, like, I'm, like, melt maybe... away for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I see it, too. Hmm. Like, when... That's interesting. I mean, jumping ahead, but, like, when he's on his date with Katie, I see it. Mm-hmm. 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 He's, like, really listening and just, like... Yeah giving her time when she was like crying a little bit he didn't try to like take up that space mm-hmm. yeah so important for men to stay quiet thank you yes. yeah it was I like agree. okay zach you're real you're in there <laughs> you're in there <laughs> yeah so um i'll just gonna go ahead and do a little uh recap of the episode um hopefully all listeners have been enjoying this new version where i'm just kind of going over it and then we talk about the things we like and don't like. But so, yeah, Zach and Katie uh, go on the first one-on-one date and they have, do a, an homage uh, to the episode of Friends where in which Ross and Rachel have sex in the museum. Um, I don't really know what's happening. All I know is we did get to see a dinosaur and I'm like, is that an Easter egg for the senior bachelor? You tell me. <laughs> um, then they do have a overnight day uh, in the museum. They have two separate tiny cots. They move them together. Do they have sex? I don't know. Um, she comes home, the ne- comes home the next morning. Everyone is, uh, you know, a little freaked out because that's, uh, you know, a lot for uh, this early in the process. More in the sense that, like, it's uh, intimidating. It's, it can cause in- insecurity. Not too much as in, like, I don't give a fuck. They, I, listen, real quick, do you think they did anything? Hand job? What do you think? Oh, they, I think they just probably, like, made out for a really long time. Okay. Fair. Fair. Uh, you're probably right. Um, 
But I mean, but she also said, like, when they're like, oh, did you get any sleep? She's like, nope. I'm like, oh, good job, Katie. Okay. That's a really long time to be awake without hooking up with someone. So, <laughs> exactly. So, her trauma is that men have treated her badly. Girl, same. Um, and she cries a bunch about it. And I get it. Relatable. As you said, Zach's very sweet and tender in this moment. <laughs> he fucking likes this woman, y'all. Okay. He does. He does, he does. Those silk pajamas. Uh, next... Oh, yeah, so pretty. It's, it was it was a good moment. Um, it did seem romantic, and I enjoyed it. I felt like they are bringing the romance back, at least right now. Or at least Zach's just a romantic guy. We'll see. Um, next up, they have a big group football date, because, of course, this weekend is the Super Bowl, so perfect timing. I will say at least Jesse Palmer is finally earning his paycheck. <laughs> Because he actually knows how to talk about this stuff. Um, Christina is all over the place, tackling everyone she can. Uh, honestly, good for her. Uh, it does, I think, end up in Genevieve getting hurt at some point. We don't see that accident per se, but she shows up at the rose ceremony wearing a sling. I know. They wouldn't even show that. Yeah, but, but that's also, the part I want to see. <laughs> I mean, but also, can we just not? Can yeah. we just not have violent dates, please? But yeah, I understand. Continue. <laughs> uh, Gabby pees her pants while oh. playing football. <laughs> that I did write that down, and also I call her Charlie D'Amelio. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, people did slide into the DMs last week to remind me. It was Charlie and one other woman. I'll have to repost about it. Uh, but yeah, she looks so exactly Charlie, like Charlie Peter Pants. Thank you. Charlie Peter Pants. So and... good. I love that she admitted it. And I love that the girls were like, it's okay, we won't tell anybody. Into their microphones. <laughs> so girls. sweet. It was, for the most part, I feel like these girls are being like, like really kind to each other yeah 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 it's nice to see except for the exception of christina so Mm. at the cocktail party that drama starts to boil up a little bit she is doing like classic uh bachelor villain archetype of like speaking without like a filter and and saying you know like that her and zach have like the best connection she's confused why He's not just, like, giving her all of the one-on-one dates or all of the roses. Um, At one point, this woman, Bailey, approaches him and says, like, I don't know if we have any feelings for each other. And he's like, you're absolutely right. You should leave. (laughs) I gotta love a man who's just... I like when the bachelors are like that. It's pretty great. So, Mm -hmm. anyway, no hate to Bailey. She seemed lovely. She gets sent home. But all the girls are all sad about it. But Christina could give two fucks. She's like, great. One less woman I get to tackle. Um, and the women are, like, not okay with it. And then he gives Charity the group date rose, which is very deserved. She's gorgeous. She's Mm. so fucking funny and sweet, and she did really good at the date. And he said, like, I really saw you working for it and, like, putting a lot of effort into it made me feel special. They're really wonderful. He gives her the date rose, and as he walks away, Christina, they're all, like, complimenting Charity and then Christina, I've, this was wild. She fully just says, ugh, I'm so confused. Like, meaning, 
why the fuck did he give the rose to you and yeah. not me? In, yeah. Oh my god. It's Ooh. it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. I it's truly wild. Um so that gets all awkward. Uh it's really horrible. Uh Charity leaves as she should. And um Mm, Brooklyn stands up for her really well, which is great. Shout out to Brooklyn for that. Uh, Zach has a one-on-one date with Allie. She is also my fave. Uh, she They go skydiving. I am very traumatized from when Rachel Coconnell almost died. But can we give a moment for the pantsuit wedding dress? like yeah because for some reason she has to wear a wedding attire for this fall to the death (laughs) yeah but at least they did edit out his i'm falling in love (laughs) i hate it um ali is so like just she seems so real and like personable like when the door knocks like for the day card she's like oh like she's like scared she's, <laughs> every like, time so... it's so cute <laughs> she's so cute and then her like trauma is that she has trouble relinquishing control in her life uh and i was like relatable <laughs> i actually think that was like a like you said a really real thing and vulnerable thing to share that it's not the yeah. stereotypical like oh my parents are divorced when I was exactly. six so yeah. it's like no I get controlling in relationships because it's my coping mechanism and it's like she's done work she mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I loved that yeah yeah it really did seem like she's been to like therapy and mm-hmm. we stand. She gets a rose. She's lovely. Instead of a cocktail party, we get a rose uh, party. Or sorry. Instead of a cocktail party before the rose ceremony, we have a pool party. Um, For once, it actually seems like pretty much everyone is having a really good time, though. And like you said before, all of the women seem to be really bonding well with each other, which is great. He has connections with a couple of the different women. Um, Ariel, they have a moment in the pool. It's pretty adorable, but very awkward. But again, so relatable. No, I, yeah, I don't know about Ariel. (laughs) She's stunning. Absolutely stunning. But she gives me just kind of, like, therapist vibes. Like, just like this Mm. very, just like, Mm -hmm. stoic, kind of just like, I'm taking it all in. Mm -hmm. Very kind of quiet. And I think Zach just, like, really just wants to fuck her. Like, I don't see the connection, but he just is like, she's fucking hot. And I can't yeah. keep my hands off of her. Yeah, that's, I that's see what my, you're saying. <laughs> that's my opinion on, mm-hmm. on Ariel. Stunning. Yes. Stunning. Um, everyone's having a good time except for Brianna, who yeah. is debating leaving. And oh. I... As I talked about last week, definitely feel really bad for her. And I really hope she gets a chance to, like, speak her truth online about the environment that she felt. Because clearly she didn't feel comfortable there. Not only just, like, personal, interpersonal relationships with the women, but it was inhibiting her ability to connect with Zach. Slash, I mean, maybe they just didn't fucking have a connection, which is, like, totally fine. Um, And props to her for realizing that and exiting 
on her own. But before she does, she tells him everything about Christina. And I fucking love it. Uh, Zach is like, what? But he... He he gets it because she's clearly leaving for a reason. So he takes Christina aside, tells her she does one of the better, like, better, like, acted out, like, scenes of a breakdown of a woman who's been caught being a total cunt in the house <laughs> that I've seen in a while. And I loved it. I don't love the way she treats the black women in the house or the other women, but I just appreciate the way that she, like, it was just, I don't theater. know. What are your it's, thoughts? It's yeah. theater. She really did it. She brought it. It's the, like, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help <laughs> me. <laughs> like, she's like, oh, you guys need a clip to use in every teaser for the whole season. Take this. And, like, Zach's like, no, I'm sorry. I I can't. You have to go home. <laughs> okay. And like in that clip that we saw in all those teasers, I was like, this scene is going to be so annoying, right? Like I could just like tell it's going to be annoying. Yeah. And I feel like he's, his face is weird where he kind of just goes like, oh, oh, and he like kind of like freaks out. And I'm like, I don't know if I actually want to see the scene, but man, seeing it was actually fucking so good. Yeah. Because his reaction to her breaking down and going, help me, help me, help me was like, he like, <laughs> Like, he, like, flinched away. Like, yes. he was like, this is, like, absolutely not. This I am not yes. dealing with this. <laughs> like, immediately repulsed. <laughs> and she's, like, clearly, like, this has worked in the past for her. This, like, oh, my, help me, help me. Like, no. And I just love that it didn't work. I got so much satisfaction out of it. He, I'll, I'll wait till our rose is No, yeah. Yeah, so he goes and talks to the other women. They all confirm everything that he just had heard about in Saul. <laughs> then he sends her home at the rose ceremony much uh, shortly after and only sends her home, keeps everyone else. And it's pretty, I mean, I will say it's the bare minimum uh, that a man can do, but I applaud. I guess. I, I do. don't know. You get a clap, Zach. You get a clap. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Ugh. So did, yeah, let's talk about what did you, what did you like? What did you not like about this episode? So overall, yeah, I don't know if I was just like getting super excited, but I think it was a good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I am glad that Christina's saga has come to an end. Mm-hmm. But I really liked the ride. Um, yeah, that's a well way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just the whole story arc of like how she came out and was the only one with a last name. Like, what is that about? And so like this huge favoritism and this storyline of like, oh, so she's the next Bachelorette and like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this or she's going to be, you know, his wife. I don't know. This right. setting her up and then just like in one and a half episodes, just completely downward spiraled by her own words. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it could, she had, she had it all. And then I think maybe just got too drunk. I can't tell. Yeah. Yeah. There was times where I was like, I think she might be a little drunk. The rose ceremony. Yeah. And like when, 
they when she was being very rude to charity during that scene yeah um the women were like could you just like try shutting the fuck up for once they literally said that it was pretty pretty Mm -hmm. iconic and Mm -hmm. she just kept being like like i don't know i don't know what do you mean like i'm just like what in a way where i was like oh i do think she might be very intoxicated uh and that made me uncomfortable but yeah it's not an excuse it's not an excuse but (laughs) it's it's not an excuse definitely i but i did make that note i at the same time i was like i think she's really drunk Mm -hmm. but also don't get drunk when you're on national tv okay (laughs) (laughs) like it's not a good it's not a good look but um what else what else did i say I love, I did love Brooklyn. I thought she was a standout in the way that she handled the situation and like talked with her of like most, like, I felt like she just kind of stood out. I wrote Brooklyn is also a vibe and my fave. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I love um, Jess. I think Mm. she's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I call her I I call keep calling her Jan I don't know why I think she should be a Jan but I love Jan she's so sweet and like when she was like sitting down at the I think it was maybe the pool party or something she's like look I stopped shaking and I was like oh that's so relatable <laughs> that like for the first I don't know how long they've been there probably a week yeah she's yeah. just been constantly shaking <laughs> i was like oh girl that's so sweet <laughs> so cute um, uh, yeah let's see here those were all yeah it's such it was it was a good episode it was oh it, oh the last thing um so after the help me help me help me help me uh, zach said i had to stop pause it and write it down he goes for me, it's the fact that I'm here to find my best friend and I have to deal with stuff like this. I like full pause, rewind, got out my phone and typed it. Like, I'm here to find my best friend. Friend. And I have to deal with this. And that was so good. Ugh. Makes me a little vom in my mouth a little bit, but yeah, he's he's on a mission. He is not taking any any shits. Um, yeah, I would agree with all those highs for you. Uh, my lows that I'll bring to it because I think mm-hmm. we're really on the same page with all of this is, uh, I just the lows are seeing Christina being so blatantly disrespectful to Brianna and Charity just sucks not good don't want it on my screen i'm glad mm-hmm. she's gone uh like, i would what say those, what do those two women have in common yeah absolutely it's like truly <sighs> and i and the way that christina acts as if she's not done anything wrong um mm-hmm. that she's that this is just how she is and that she didn't mean any disrespect. It's like, well, you did disrespect these people and people were telling you and you haven't given like full apologies that we saw. Maybe she has, but mm-hmm. uh, we can hope she's given some sense then at the bare minimum. Uh, and then I would say I didn't like 
I mean, I guess, I don't know, like, maybe the football date, but even then, you know, it has its purpose in The Bachelor. <laughs> but <laughs> I know, it's a, it's a staple, and I understand, but it just, I don't, I don't see why it has, why the violence, the physical violence is necessary. Yeah. Like, the, the intro was just like, I really think I need to grow my connections with these women. And then they go, and it's like, maybe if you were playing football with them, Mm -hmm. but this full like tackle and it started in the daytime. And when they ended, it was nighttime. Like, I think they made these girls play a full like four quarters. (laughs) That's always the kicker. They really do. They make them play the longest actual games. It's like, no, let's do this for an hour. Yeah, can we just like get the shots we need to get and then wrap this up and go back to like the pool? Come on. So fucking funny. So, so true. bad. I would be so angry. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be like, nope. Uh-uh. Sorry. I don't do this. Well then yeah, I think we could probably bring up that date actually a little bit later in our conversation about uh inclusivity um on the show. So well, we'll, yeah. we'll go we'll touch on to that. But uh yeah, other than that, that was the uh that was the episode, y'all. They are going to start traveling next week already. Uh it looks like they're going somewhere where there's coastal water, but I don't know where. Did you catch that? I thought they said the Bahamas, but maybe I made uh, that up. Yeah, who knows? Um find out. But yes, first excursion. Very exciting. Out of the mansion. Yes, yes please, please. God bless that place. Like, <laughs> go ahead and paint the walls again. Because that's what they do every season. Oh. Oh. So, uh, let's see here. Where should we Where should we really start? I mean... Well, I, I thought that, like, just because I've been following from the outside, I feel like the roses for every... Or, Roses for Everybody has kind of like gotten some momentum recently. And I like, there's like been some reposts and I thought maybe like we could talk about like that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been going pretty good. We, you know, we kind of relaunched a little bit with this new season and we've been working hard behind the scenes on like trying to still make good relatable and educational content which we have more of that planned um we're gonna be working with people on doing some collaborations hopefully uh because there's so much to talk about in the world of like representation and also like liberation and supporting each other's communities um but in regards to the bachelor we have decided to continue to just like be we're gonna like up our bitchiness a little bit more so yes. <laughs> i love that I, if you've noticed a little bit of that uh tenor in our posts that was intentional um we really want michael fleiss to feel uncomfortable and it looks like he has so a couple weeks ago a woman Brittany, made a tiktok that called out the franchise for not casting fat individuals and instead uh you know prioritizing casting individuals with racism scandals uh the video went viral and uh it's wonderful we've been in contact with Brittany. Brittany's going to be on the podcast in a couple weeks i'm very excited and we'll talk to her it went very viral and she uh got it retweeted by mike fleiss well actually uh, uh somebody retweeted it at him and then he retweeted it said that he loved it 
I loved her. And since then, we've all been just harassing him, telling him to prove it. Um, we do know, I'm not going to speak to details. We do know that she was reached out um, by the production. They did contact her um, to talk to her about maybe being on the show. But bom, 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 she has a boyfriend. Which, listen, <laughs> when has that stopped anybody? <laughs> truly. Truly. Come on, Truly. guy. It's not going to work out anyways. Just let her go on. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so oh, that's I think so that that's really exciting. exciting. It's I know. So it's exciting. really, yeah, it's really important because it's just like another notch in the fact that we know that the show knows, um, you know, and I think that's important for a couple reasons. Like it's frustrating because that means they haven't done anything yet, but keyword is yet they did know about us while casting for this season and they could have done something about it but they didn't but now i don't think they can ignore us and i think that's really powerful and i think that means good things for the future and we're we're hopeful that it it leads to good things oh that's so rad that's so exciting i love that you mentioned before like the roses for everybody like is about getting you know someone a that's fat on casted. And I, you know, I am here in our conversation and what I am more, my experiences is within the disabled community. And I would love to see disability representation in on the bachelor reality TV, social media, wherever. But I also don't, I just want to make it clear that I don't want to take away from the, from the body diversity campaign by also saying like but also disabilities over here it's like not that at all it's just intersectionality yes thank you yes but I think both conversations are like equally as important Mm -hmm. and I don't want to take away from the importance of the work and the conversation that I'm really excited you're going to have with her on the pod mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's amazing that's gonna yeah, be so good yeah really looking forward to that it is so important yeah and i think that you know the conversation's always evolving and we really want everyone to know that yeah like when we talk about body representation on the show we're not ta- taking away from the fact that the show is very much still struggling with its uh representation in um you know, different races, different backgrounds, different religious backgrounds, different like social economic backgrounds, but absolutely people with disabilities. You know, the show has had, so like, let's get into the stats of it for a second, you know, because in Roses for Everybody, I I rattle off the stats all the time. 44 seasons, 21 uh, years, uh, 1,200 contestants. There's been two self-identified plus-size individuals both went home night one with less than one minute of airtime each. <laughs> you don't have to have all of those steps. Wild. But Absolutely let's, wild. It's, uh, yeah, it's embarrassing. Uh, but, like, oh, what no, has not the show that, done? Not that you know that, that the, those actual stats <laughs> yeah, the are stats, wild. Yeah, exactly. So I don't have as much detail, but... And we can go kind of further into the language of disabilities. It is quite mm-hmm. complex. And there are mm-hmm. things like invisible disabilities versus visible disabilities. Mm-hmm. So there might be people that have been contestants um, on The Bachelor over the years that I have no idea 
mm-hmm. of a disability that it wasn't discussed on camera. So I'm just referencing people that have openly discussed it on camera. And mm-hmm. over all of those seasons, there have been three individuals that have mm-hmm. openly kind of discussed or made it um, apparent that they have a disability to um, our Sarah Heron and Abigail Herringer, who I think overall their storylines were pretty positive. I think they still overall, you know, had a very kind of quote, quote, normal storyline. It really wasn't Mm -hmm. surrounded around their disability. There wasn't this like savior complex storyline that kind of can happen with disability. Yeah. Sometimes. So that was really nice to see. Um, But also those are two very standardly beautiful, white, skinny, beautiful women. So yes, progress, but we're not getting too far from the apple tree. Um, The third, I couldn't remember her name. Elizabeth Corrigan. Thank you. And Mm -hmm. she, I think it wasn't even on camera, maybe divulged to another contestant, um, maybe in private, that she does have a diagnosis of ADHD. Some people may consider that a disability. Some people may not. Again, we'll get into the verbiage of it later. But this was then shared on camera by another contestant and openly mocked, allowed by producers to have then that shown on the edit. There was no repercussions. There was no need for an apology for this type of behavior. And it was just really, really poorly managed and makes someone with any type of disability or any type of difference feel really hesitant to go and feel you know entrust the producers with their storyline you know so um three is a little bit better than the two (laughs) (laughs) but one was like really really poorly horribly managed Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah that's 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 horrible. I just felt so horrible. And then like this whole comeback of Shanae on her storyline of being a nice girl all of a sudden is just like uh, a little hard to swallow. Yeah. And then I don't want to negate um, Demi has she um, this wasn't while she was on The Bachelor, but has since become very vocal and you know a big advocate of her autism diagnosis and how she has really learned so much about herself and how to regulate her life to suit her needs Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. that is so beautiful to see her doing in such a like open manner it's really yeah like I'm sure it's such a big thing for her and then to be so transparent about it so transparent like I I I love her story arc that she's mm. gone on and yeah um absolutely. and so you know those are my my four little teammates on like the disability roster <laughs> let's go <laughs> yeah so we oh. ha- we have some work to do because if we're going um you know back to statistics one in four people in the United States has a disability mm-hmm. 25% of people in the United States And so this is, again, going not just what you think of what a disability is. It's not just always someone in a wheelchair. This is um, invisible illnesses like ADHD. This is um, 
you know, we have congenital versus acquired. So mm-hmm. something, something someone is born with, like I was born with spina bifida. That's never going to change. I've always had it. I know nothing different. Um, but you can also have an acquired disability that can happen mm-hmm. if someone has a stroke and loses, um, you know, the function of one side of their body. If you get in a car accident and have a head injury mm-hmm. and have um, memory loss now, you know, there's so there's so many dynamics within this quote unquote, what this umbrella of what a disability is that it, for me, now that I've gotten more into the advocacy space and I see those types of statistics, it's hard for me to see like, this is everyone's problem. Disability rights, disability representation, disability accessibility Mm -hmm. isn't someone else's problem because if you aren't one in those four, someone in your life is one of those four, or maybe at some point in your life, you will become one of those four. Absolutely. So it's, so I, you know, I, like I said, I have a Virgo mother. I love statistics. I love research. Um, So I got the CDC definition of what a disability is because it is something that me, I'm 33 years old and I've only started to really identify with what with the word disability in maybe the last like five years, it was something that I didn't openly identify with. I thought it had a bad negative connotation. There's still people in my life that don't really agree or like that. I consider myself a part of the disability community because I think it's a, it's a, it's a bad thing thing or something for me to consider myself. Um, so, but a disability, according to the Center for Disease Control, is a disability, a disability is any condition of the body or mind that makes it more difficult for a person with the condition to do certain activities and interact with the world around them. So anything that is happening from head to toe that mm-hmm. impacts your ability to have your daily life. So it can really Internal, be- external. Yes. And combination. so- so when I'm when we're having these conversations about disability representation, I just want it to want people to remember that it's not the same image of the same person in a wheelchair. This is a very, very wide community where there's a lot of, I think, untapped um, representation. Like, yeah, all oh, of yeah. these people could potentially like feel a little bit more seen Mm. like that untapped potential of having one in four people feel a little less odd yeah absolutely it's not that hard (laughs) no it's really not and I feel like you know with Elizabeth's uh storyline on The Bachelor like I saw so many people say how like relatable and amazing it was to hear her talk about her ADHD mm-hmm. and and because and I don't know all the statistics but I think I've heard this in passing that like women and especially women of color black women are not diagnosed with it um like are actively not being diagnosed with it when mm-hmm. they might have it and um 
and that is often diagnosed later in life when they advocate for themselves and get the diagnosis is on their own accord because their their support systems have not uh, done that for them. And I think that that, so like just that alone, like to see this grown woman on this television show talking about that is probably so helpful. And like mm-hmm. not only grown woman, but again, in reality TV for dating, because this is what I think is the crux of a lot of this conversation that we have at Roses for Everybody is that yes, there are fat people on other reality dating shows, but they're like singing competitions. They are um, baking competitions. They are making costumes. They're on RuPaul's Drag Race, like amazing representation moments. And those are great. And let's continue. But the fact that dating and romanticized environments are so heavily, uh, you know, gatekept from so many marginalized communities is I really think is like such a big issue. And I think I, I like feel like I scream into the void of like people are like, it's just reality TV dating shows. It's like, oh, it's but it's so much more because the message it's sending to people when you exclude people is that those people are not worthy of love and are not hot and not romanticized and it's just like not true but at the same time it does feed into that it does perpetuate that narrative and it does cause that to be the case where where people will get hurt and where people will feel unloved and be treated poorly in their romantic relationships because there isn't this representation in this specific arena yes 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 that there, there is something about the love story and mm-hmm. sex that is mm-hmm. exclusive to a certain image. Yeah. And that, yes, people, like fat people falling in love, people that are disabled falling in love, like, God forbid people with disabilities have sex. Like, oh my yeah. God, like that would probably hearing that like two people just ran off the road. Um, yeah. yeah. And what that also sends is to all those mm. people that have that in common is that, yeah, that they're how they are and existing isn't enough to be loved. And, and even I, um, I think you may have talked about when Zach was on mm. um Rachel's season his his storyline was yes that he did used to exist in a larger body and that he lost all this weight and finally started to love himself and it's this like before and after storyline that it makes love like possible and with something like being fat or having a disability there isn't anything inherently wrong no (laughs) that needs to be fixed in order for love to happen and oh there there it is right there (laughs) and wow and it I don't I am nervous that if something if someone that's fat or someone that has a disability were to be casted on something like The Bachelor like what they would do to that storyline to like try to um make it mm. inspirational or yeah absolutely like, yeah you know i but also they tear yeah. apart every single person they put on the show so <laughs> <laughs> let them tear apart us too 
That's um, what I always say. I said, listen, I know we will have one at Roses for Everybody when we have a fat villain. That is the day I yes. will know that we have succeeded because they will have seen us as a person. Yes. They will have seen us for who we are, which can be a cunt. Exactly. So, like, like, it's, oh, and I think we'll get into this because I was reading some up on some of this stuff earlier and there's like this talk about um, not uh, making vulnerability uh, the defining point of somebody who has a disability um, because it, mm. it like infantilizes them and it uh, it like obviously we have to work towards accessibility and helping people but like to mm-hmm. just on the gut go assume that somebody a person with disability is that we need to handle them with like soft gloves right is inherently like problematic and i and as far as in the fat community i agree as well like mm-hmm. that is do not tell me that i am too sensitive or cannot be harmed or like that i yeah like uh, let me just fucking deal with it yes <laughs> be mean to me just like you would be mean to everyone else please <laughs> But mean, be you, mean to me I because I'm a bad it. person, but not because of my... <laughs> oh, yeah, because I deserve it, know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's learn a little bit more. Like, I want to get into some more, like, the language uh, and things like that, because I think some of my listeners are on the same journey as I am, <laughs> journey, bachelor, <laughs> <laughs> um, to make sure that we are... are, are talking about this stuff in a, you know, the right way, the right way to the best of our abilities, because as we were talking about before in our previous conversations privately, like, you know, on Roses for Everybody, people still have a problem with the fact that we use the word fat, et cetera, et cetera. And we've gone into it in depth, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I want to talk about that. And, and then, you know, your experience, because, you know, you mentioned that you just started to maybe like more identify with using some of these language um, pieces and in the community in general? I definitely, like I said, most of my life didn't really identify with the word disability, even though now at 33, I can like probably list off, you know, more than one one hand of the amount of disabilities I currently am managing. Mm -hmm. But because it was that negative connotation, and I do think that it is really, I see a lot of parallels between the word disabled and the word fat, because Mm -hmm. the reason we're scared of them is because of how people have used them against us. Mm -hmm. And really when you come down to it, they're just fat. Actually to me, it's a noun. It's a part of the body, just like organs. Mm -hmm. Um, And a disability is, is just an impairment that I was either born with or acquired and trying to, run away from it is for me it has been really psych I think it harmed me a lot growing up is that I was really trying to you know this is (laughs) probably a decade of therapy later but (laughs) running away from my my differences and I like Mm -hmm. really wanted to change my body in ways that I couldn't and I Mm -hmm. ended up having two inpatient inpatient treatment stays for an eating disorder and living in a body that that I a lot of ways was out of my control, having mm-hmm. all of these surgeries and medical procedures and, um, you know, later in life, some sexual trauma and like mm-hmm. all of these things to happening to my body that were outside of my control. Mm-hmm. I was grabbing on to whatever I could and that ended up being food and um, 
you know, a, later some, some addiction and just anything mm-hmm. that could spiral mm-hmm. um, this body that I really wasn't wholly accepting. And I think I had, in one of my treatment stays, I had a therapist have me kind of stand up and pointed out my scoliosis. And it was only later, I think as meaningful at the moment, it was just like kind of embarrassing, but why am I trying to run away from something I'm going to be living with for the rest of my life? And, you know, same with the word fat. Yes. Weight may fluctuate, but Mm -hmm. your body is your body and you're going to have it till the day you die. So why try to deny and shame this label that is just innately a part of you? Yeah. And that is not bad. It's not bad. It's what society is telling you is bad. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of this work that I'm doing internally and, and that now kind of on social media is destigmatizing that word. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we go back again, kind of like academically, I, you know, have a medical background and what I've taught when having conversations like this, if we're going by the textbook is what they call person first language. Mm-hmm. Um, and so instead of saying um, the diagnosis first and then who the person is, so putting what's, you know, so an autistic person, mm-hmm. you know, it's saying it, what's wrong with them is first. So that's not, that's what we're trying to step back from. And person yeah. first would then be a person with autism, mm-hmm. a person, you know, with scoliosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I, the language I feel most comfortable with is I'm a person with a disability. Yes, because then I think there's like, yeah, you don't, some people might necessarily want to have their specific disability labeled in general, like casual conversations. Well, yeah, that definitely, I mean, yes, that definitely is um, probably a separate conversation of mm-hmm. people, particularly with visible disabilities and ah, fair. Uh, yes. um, people feel very uh, entitled to their medical asking, history and yeah, asking absolutely. questions and like, what's yeah, it's like, so oh, true. excuse me, that's a little personal. But yeah. the, more of what I was going off of is, and I feel more comfortable with, I'm a, I am a person with a disability versus a disabled person. Mm-hmm. So that's where yes. the person first. However, and so my big caveat in when having conversations with minority groups in general, or someone that you have a different, you know, a different lens from mm-hmm. ask, always ask because the, <laughs> the answers may be very different. And so yeah. I'm telling you this person first language is what I've been taught by the book, you know, a person with a disability, a, the person with autism, but I know a lot of creators and a lot of people that love the term that they're disabled. Mm -hmm. I listened to a podcast disabled or doing it disabled Mm -hmm. or disabled and proud. So Mm -hmm. you have to have these conversations and ask the questions and allow them to identify themselves before you do. Um, and not assume, you know, if someone is in a wheelchair that they like, Oh, you're disabled. It's like, mm, let them use that word first, um, <laughs> you know, because maybe yeah. they don't and that's not on their journey and they actually just sprain their ankle. And 
you know, I absolutely don't know. And I think just as a little hot tip real quick to everybody, if you're fucking online, just look at somebody's bio. Uh, just look at somebody's bio. I I would say 75% of the time you're going to find the answers you need or the start of the answers you need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before you, you dive into it and use context clues. Um <laughs> but yeah, continue. So I think my like one I'm not an expert on yeah. on this conversation. I have, you know, I am pretty new in the disability advocacy space and even new in my own disability acceptance journey but my when having these types of conversations my biggest advice would be to one first ensure that you're creating a safe space to be having these conversations Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be expected to get details or conversations or have all of your intimate questions answered Mm. prior to creating a safe space because it's none of your business most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, yeah, allow allow the individual to identify themselves and how what language they prefer to use before assuming. Um, some big no-nos that I, th- I would like to think are obvious is we're not using the R word <laughs> anymore. And I hope everyone knows which one I'm referring to. Um, some... Uh, alternatives would be an intellectual disability. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. No, that's good to, yeah. Mm-hmm. But or, again, talk to the person. and Yeah, exactly. You never make assumptions. <laughs> but, you know, there's also a wheelchair user or someone that uses a wheelchair versus wheelchair bound. Overall, destigmatizing the word disability and trying to run away from something that we're, we're not trying to change. Yeah. Um, you did actually write down this last one I wanted to bring up uh, differently abled um, and to not use that as well. Just be like persons with disability or if you're like running an event or whatever, just like I, I, I feel like there's just ways you could say like it, don't bring attention to certain things. Just make sure your event or whatever you're doing is inclusive, you know, like Make sure it's accessible, I think. Disability accessible, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Because I think I agree that that's like pretty obviously not a good phrase to use. But at the same time, I myself have tripped into it mm-hmm. in an attempt to be inclusive. Of course. Um, you know, because I'll be like, my thought process was like, oh, well, everyone is at different abilities, you know? Right, which is true, right? <laughs> but not what we're mm-hmm. trying to accomplish when we're like being inclusive with people. Mm-hmm. And so I, I mean, I and, that. I, and it doesn't rub me th- like that's not one of like the huge no nos, I don't think, mm-hmm. out of the things that people can say. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of correlate like differently abled kind of as like, oh, heavier set mm-hmm. or even maybe like, plus size it's like mm-hmm. yes who, yes what absolutely. are we doing here who are we yeah what are we talking yeah. about special <laughs> yeah yeah that is just like no we're you know this is a disability this is yeah we we don't have to be afraid of the word yes exactly yeah don't be afraid of the word yeah mm-hmm. i love that thank you so much um yeah so as you were just saying it's important to dis- destigmatize uh the word disabled disability and uh in order for us to get to a place where it's not like it's not the most important thing about an interaction that you're having with people Mm -hmm. um 
it's an it's a vital part of anyone's like you know lives but it's like this isn't the thing that we need to be focusing on per se but we have a long way to go so i think that's all that that is really trying to go towards and letting um people with disability have the like platform and the ability to speak to what they need and what they want and desire um and to listen to them as an ally Mm -hmm. is an important thing for you to do yeah that i think is just like okay step one we need to admit that people with disabilities exist Mm -hmm. step one okay and then now we need to let them know that they're also human beings Mm -hmm. and um that we do fall in love and we fall in love with not just other people with disabilities Mm. you know Mm -hmm. just like fat people don't fall in love with just other fat people yeah um and that we can have sex and we can also be bitchy and Mm -hmm. um also have really successful jobs or Mm -hmm. also we can (laughs) be high school dropouts like they're you know (laughs) they're you know that that we're that we're humans and Mm -hmm. I think where my passion comes in in trying to get people with disabilities not just on the bachelor but just seen is that the way people start caring or giving a damn about something is that when they start to know it and they and it starts and they start to understand it and that impacts them. Yeah. So for instance, like let's say your aunt Sally gets breast cancer. Well, now you're donating to the breast cancer awareness. You're going to the walks, mm-hmm. you're doing the research, you're taking, you're changing your deodorant from whatever, because all of a sudden this thing has now impacted you and your life. Mm-hmm. And you're interested in it and you're gonna follow through with it. And that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So how do we get this issue to a (laughs) a larger, a larger scale Mm -hmm. and get people to let not, like I said, not only see, but know and understand disability storylines. Yeah. And that, you know, when you, I, I don't know if, in that dream world it's like okay if this someone with a disability got on the bachelor and she was like this kick-ass like girl that had just like the best personality and a million instagram followers and it just it would be like such a dream for all of a sudden these people who never cared about whether you know disability rights is a thing or mm-hmm. you know all of because the... now you're invested in this person again like you're, you just like you said yeah you're like invested. your aunt yeah your aunt has cancer and now i you're like thinking about it and you're like you know yeah being more aware and then so now there's um amber she's on the bachelor and now you're like i want to see her have a success story i want to see her have the best life possible which like listen amber already actually has a pretty badass life as you mentioned right and you're you know but you still as a viewer you're like oh i want her to even have more you know success she's like (laughs) multi-dimensional and she's funny and you know i don't know what difference in the world it'll make but i like to think in my little corner that it it would and it does and somewhere 
particularly, you know, in my experience and the more people with disabilities, I know having a disability often correlates with mental illness. It's very isolating Mm -hmm. and all of the issues of, Mm -hmm. you know, identifying with your body that I mentioned before, I think a lot of people with disabilities struggle with and to have just a little beacon of like, Mm. oh no, love is possible or, Mm. you know, getting on TV is even possible Mm -hmm. or community, community. Mm -hmm. Um, I think could really like, I always just go back to like Brené Brown of like that, that sense of like vulnerability creates connection, Mm -hmm. creates empathy and just like bringing people together by Mm -hmm showing vulnerability. And I think, and I just had this thought that I think we all have vulnerabilities in our lives and differences and struggles and everything that all of these girls we see on The Bachelor now, the tall, pretty, pretty, skinny, blowout girls, they all do have their issues and their struggles and everything. Mm -hmm. They're just have the privilege of covering it up in this like really pretty body. And maybe just like people with disabilities or people in larger bodies um, don't have that privilege of covering it up so well and that our traumas and everything are just like a little bit more visible. And so maybe (laughs) by putting us on TV is like forcing the like networks to like actually like be real and they're not willing to do that in reality TV. Yeah, fuck. (laughs) I just had that thought just now. (laughs) Yeah, that's so, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Mm. Because we're, I know, Mm. I know my experience living with chronic illness and pain and disabilities is like really not that different than someone who is tall and pretty and. and, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As we find, yeah, exactly. Like (laughs) we all have our shit. And like you started in the very beginning, like. There's the statistics that we rattled off. There's absolutely been probably a very decently high number of contestants who have been cast Mm -hmm. are a person with an invisible disability. Um, So and and then they don't have to talk about that. That's like their privacy and their right. Um, Right. But yeah, like it just it does go to show maybe again, like to your point, how um how isolating it could be still and to not feel safe or comfortable, you know, to to talk about it. And mm-hmm. I think it goes back to the, the conversation we've had on this podcast, on other podcasts, you and I had it privately, which is, uh, so like, I guess the question we can maybe not wrap this up, but start mm-hmm. heading in a little bit more of like what we can do. And it's like, well, uh, what can the show do? They should just, they listen, they should be casting uh, people with disabilities. They should be casting fat people. They should be casting, uh, more racially diverse people they should be giving them more screen time all those different things but you know the the question the thing that always gets thrown back in our fucking face is that th- these people are not uh applying right and it's like well why aren't they applying it's because what have we seen on tv which is how they treat these individuals and why mm-hmm. they don't feel safe to come out you know mm-hmm. uh or to speak their truth or to live this way and um yeah so it just like it's it's the it's the show's fault <laughs> yeah. and they need to um get better and they honestly don't have an excuse they don't have an excuse there are literally so many people out there that they can scout 
and cast. Exactly. And they don't have the excuse of making it horrible either. And I I know that we know that when they start actually doing both of these things and they and they start uh start getting better at these 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 casting choices that we understand that it is going to be rough the first couple of seasons. Yeah. But at the same time, but at the same time I'm like also mad about that because like because there really isn't also an excuse for that either. No. There is uh, diversity, you know, consultants fucking everywhere. Um, and so there's really no excuse for that. Uh, and there's no excuse to say, well, the lead doesn't maybe like uh, when date a person with a disability. Um, and cast a different that's, lead. Yeah, cast a different lead. Number, <laughs> that's number three on our list of petition demands. But yeah, it's like just cast a different lead, but also like the lead only ends up choosing one person anyway. Like there's 30 people. Like there's really no. <laughs> and I know that, that that's like a that's like that's kind of a uh, an icky conversation point that I bring up sometimes. And it's not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to align myself with the people who think negatively of marginalized communities. I'm just saying. Like, it doesn't matter who the fucking lead is. <laughs> Just yes. put people on the screen. Get diversity in there. Because yes. we have to start somewhere. And I guess that's my point is, like, that to that icky conversation point, is that we have to start somewhere. And if you just keep saying, well... <sighs> Mm -hmm. i can't i can't possibly cast anybody because mm -hmm. it's like that try just gonna continue to kick the fucking can down the road and not do anything about it so you have to mm -hmm. fucking do something about it yes so that's not an excuse anymore <laughs> no 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 it's not <sighs> but yeah what do you think the show i mean the show needs to cast yes cast, i mean uh, obviously you know. diversify the casting but that starts with like you said creating a safe environment that people feel comfortable like being susceptible to these women aren't paid these women mm -hmm. are you know oftentimes leaving their jobs and mm -hmm. um you know a lot of times people with disabilities don't have the ability to just up and leave for six weeks financially yeah. um you know yeah. but that's also a lot of people in general don't have that ability <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, <truly. laughs> but yeah get if you if you can be mean to skinny white girls you can be mean to you know mm -hmm. disabled people <laughs> like yeah, just let's diversify the casting and and not in it but not having it be this inspirational story mm, yeah thank you that's a good thing to put on yeah that um that I you know I don't I don't know how much you know what to say to like producers in order to like make that happen yeah. per se and like, they would have to hire somebody and you're not necessarily the consult they would hire perhaps yet but they yeah. should they yeah, like in how to like, <laughs> like create this like safe environment where people yeah. feel comfortable um going to, but in what kind of the average Joe can do in helping yeah. this yeah. kind of cause or movement is diversifying their media and their life and their experiences and you know following 
disabled creators, finding um, books about people with disabilities and their stories and just listening to the podcast can you uh listen to that can you listen to the podcast you listen to again yeah i um i just recently found it but doing it disabled it's just called doing it disabled it's beautiful and it's just about you know going through life and all of the daily things but you know with all of these doctor's appointments and Mm -hmm. mobility aids and Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, that's a good one, but well, we can, we all, I think we'll, I'm, as I was like going through this, the notes in the episode, I think, um, to the listeners, I will try to compile like kind of, a, a list of things to put into the stories and I'll save it as a highlight. Um, and I think Becca and I can, and, and very much would welcome DMs of people sharing, uh, creators that they follow, um, and we can make it a highlight where you can always go back and look at that, click on some links, follow some things, subscribe to some channels. I'm sure there's some wonderful YouTube um, channels out there that yeah, I would love that to look into. You know, on as much as like I want to say they, it doesn't matter. There's things like follower accounts matters, like accounts matters, comments matter, yeah. things like yeah. sharing and reposting things matter that yeah. they're you know, all of these influencers that are making like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and all of these posts that there's a lot of disability creators that like often get kind of fall through the cracks and liking and sharing and commenting. And that goes across, I think, all minority groups. Anytime a Black woman across comes across my page, I'm going to like it. I'm going to comment it because yes, we just exactly. like need to lift each other up and help yeah. analytics any way we can and um, and it also helps your algorithm actually stay stay in touch i mean that's what it it really does like if you watch a video from a creator from one of these marginalized communities uh, that's great that you watched it all the way through but like it because of all the reasons becca just said but it does keep that going into your fucking feed because like isn't it always embarrassing when these like older like pedophiles or whatever they'll be like i don't know why anyone's ever on tiktok all you ever see is just like 12 year olds dancing around in their bathing suits and you're like you just told on yourself (laughs) you told the phone to show you that because that's not what my algorithm is my my for you page is definitely cats and taylor swift so exactly like it's (laughs) truly truly not um but so, that, so that's just like just a small thing that you can do. Like obviously, yeah, thank you. Big things in your life. If you have someone in your life that has any type of difference in their life, creating that safe space and listening, hearing them out, and not making assumptions, I think, is you know the best advice I can give. Lift them up, give them thank support. You. We you. need it. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. That's so great. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could have this conversation all night long. I know. I (laughs) I could do. I would honestly love to, but I would love to have you on back and um, we can have, yeah, I just want the listeners to know that I want to keep this conversation going. Um, I'd love, uh, as I joked in the the beginning, like, if you want to come on the podcast and talk about stuff, uh, slide into the DMs, you know, it might not be the perfect fit or we might not, it might not work out or whatever, but I love the idea of talking to y'all and really 
uh, continuing to build this community. And I'm really happy that you did that, Becca. And I'm just, yeah, grateful and really want to continue all the great dialogues and any, honestly, anything to get me to like not talk specifically about the show is great. <laughs> like an actual like meat space of it. <laughs> I'm here for, um, but yeah, I think, uh, I guess do you have anything else you want to say. Um, well then we'll rattle off some like where you can follow you and things like that. But I, I this has been such a great conversation. Thank you. Likewise. I, I'm just, I, I don't mean to say it again, but it's just been an honor. Like I've Mm. just felt really connected with you from afar and Mm. it's just been an honor to share this time and chat about some fun things and some things that we're passionate about. And, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. anytime I would love to chat again. I love it. Great, great, great. Well, uh, yeah, tell people where they can follow you. Of course, I will link it all in the podcast episode and online, but go ahead and do that now. So my main platform is on TikTok. I'm at Becca Cloud, B-E-K-A-H-C-L-O-U-D. Um, and on Instagram, I'm L-B May, uh, little Becca May, it stands for. Um <laughs> Yeah, so make sure you're following her on those. And as she said, just do what you can in your communities and within the Bachelor community as well. I know the date card uh, listeners are great about commenting and being loud when it matters. So please do that. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, with that said, thank you everyone for listening and please uh, go ahead and share this episode with folks as well if they haven't checked out the podcast before. I think this conversation is really important. Um, And if you are a listener and you haven't had a chance to rate and review, please go ahead and do that. Thank you for being here for this season and all of its messy glory. Uh, Becca, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Help me. Help me. Help me. (laughs) Stop. Help me. Help me. Help me. We're cutting it. Bye. I have to go. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Daycard Pod. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Daycard Pod and follow your hosts at Jenna with a smile and at Drunk Feminist. Daycard Pod is produced by Andrew Olson. You can follow him on Instagram at Androne. Our music is by Jet Overly. Follow and support him on Instagram at JettyBoyJames. And our logo design is by Michaela Jane. You can find her work at MichaelaJane.com and on Instagram at MichaelaJane. Drop a review on iTunes if you're nasty like that. Bye! Bye. Oh, hello. It's me, the ghost who haunts your phone. Just kidding, it's actually me, Avalon, the host of Boohaha, which is a thing that I do. A podcast, if you will, that happens some weeks, not all. Don't wait up, it's fine, we'll call you. Shut up. Anyway, it's about ghosts and tangents. Mostly tangents, if I'm being entirely honest. So join me each and every week-ish as I gather the funniest people I know to a campfire that I build in my living room and then regale them with spooky tales of boogans and googas. Oh, also, it's a comedy podcast, if that wasn't clear from the vibe, you know. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below. <laughs>